At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the sports betting network. This is The Look Ahead with myself, Greg Peterson, and we've got ourselves a great show for the next three hours. I'm holding it down for Scott Seidenberg, not just tonight, but I'll be with you all week long, and we're going to have a lot of fun because we're going to be taking a look forward to the NFL season. Going to have a pair of great guests to be able to do so. Randy McKay does a great job as a handicapper and a man that does an amazing job when it comes to the NHL season as well. For anyone that likes NHL chatter, he always does a great job being able to take a look there. He joins this show quite a bit, and we're going to be taking a look at some NFL futures with him in about 30 minutes, and then we're going to have coming up in the 11 o'clock hour Pacific time, 2 o'clock hour out there on the East Coast. We're going to have Josiah Clark does a great job being able to break down the game of football as well. That's going to be more towards the back half of that 11 o'clock p.m. Pacific time hour. And we've got a lot of baseball to talk about as well because we have seen quite a few teams as sizable underdogs wind up being able to get the job done on Monday as we are doing this live. We've got one game between the Nationals and the Dodgers that is still hanging out there in the balance. But I do think that it is interesting to take a look at what we're getting in terms of the game of baseball right now because we're sort of in that week or so period of which it's sort of like the in-between period of the baseball season because the all-star break is now done. We know what we wind up getting over there, but at the same time, we still have a few days before you wind up seeing things really start to get out of whack. And by out of whack, I mean you wind up having these teams that they wind up having the big sell-off. You've got these squads. I'm going to throw out there a team like the Kansas City Royals. You've got the Oakland A's. The list goes on and on. The teams of which you've got Players that are certainly going to be dealt at the trade deadline, and they wind up becoming even bigger underdogs than they are right now. We did wind up seeing one of those underdogs, and one of the teams I wound up just mentioning, Oakland, be able to get it done on Monday by kind of 7-5 to five with a guy by the name of Adam Aller winding up taking the mound for them. And I do think that this is a case which we wound up seeing the Oakland A's close right around about a plus 180, plus 190 on the money line, depending upon where you look. But this is a good old example of, you don't want to be laying $2 with just any starting pitcher. Now, position players are obviously important. Taking a look at the bullpens, taking a look at the entirety of the team. You've got to do that, but there are certain guys in which I just don't feel like should be necessarily as big of favorites, and that's a little bit of a word that I need to wind up taking into account myself because I didn't think that the Astros should be a sizable favorite. I 
wound up taking them more on the run line rather than the money line personally to be able to reduce the juice a little bit more because I did think that it's going to be a case in which the Oakland A's were going to get held down on offense. They were able to rise up in this one, but it is going to be very fascinating to see some of these starters that wind up being able to get innings because we're going to see a lot of guys that are currently with other teams wind up being able to go into the fold into other ballparks. Some of these guys are going to be able to probably adjust very well. You've got some guys that are currently out there in terms of the trade deadline that they've been able to do a very good job on the road. Look no further than someone that is on the Oakland A's like a Paul Blackburn. We're hearing a lot about him perhaps being on the trade block. Someone who's got a sub-2 ERA on the road and north of a 7 ERA at home. Tyler Molly. He is someone that has been doing some relatively solid work for the Cincinnati Reds, but he's got an ERA that is touching right around five right now at home and on the road. It's about a full point and a half lower. I think that these are going to be very interesting things to take a look at moving forward. And also just some of these teams trying to mix and match, trying to be able to get those pieces in to be able to just hold down the fort in this next week or two in terms of what we're going to be getting prior to the trade deadline. By this, I mean a team like the Milwaukee Brewers. For Monday, they were able to trot out there. One, they're more trustworthy starters. They were held down, though. They wind up losing by kind of 2-0 to zero there in Ashby. Given a relatively solid start in for Tuesday, they're going to be trotting out there a young prospect in Ethan Small, who's going to be making his second career start. And these are always things that you want to take a look at as well. So there's a lot going on in terms of the game of baseball. And Take a look at what we wound up getting on Monday. It was all about the underdogs. And something that I talked about on this show yesterday, a little bit more than 24 hours ago, because our Sunday show here on The Look At, that's more 7 to 10 p.m. Pacific time, but the curse of Sunday Night Baseball. Now, curses really don't exist, but something that I have really noticed in terms of being able to handicap Major League Baseball over the last few seasons, you wind up getting these wonky angles, and you wind up getting some of these oddities that when they just wind up happening time and time again, you wind up starting to take a note. And once again, something in which I've got to take a look at this a little bit more myself because I thought, oh, the Detroit Tigers are so bad with their offense that this could be one that winds up going against this trend. But the trend of teams that after they play on Sunday Night Baseball, they come out completely flat the next day. That wound up holding true on Monday as you wind up seeing the San Diego Padres after losing to the Mets on Sunday Night Baseball get Moked by the Detroit Tigers by kind of 12 to 4. Here's how you know that the cur- curse is real. The Detroit Tigers scored 12 runs in a game. I mean, this is a bunch of which they've been averaging right around 0.6 home runs per game. They're averaging far fewer than four runs per contest. If you want to get even worse, I mean, on the road, they're averaging right around 2.7 runs per game. It's been a little bit more promising for them at home, but you wind up seeing fielding errors from the Padres. Sean Manea, the starter, has been little bit up and down this year. He could not wind up lasting four complete innings. They give up four home runs in this game, and I think that this is something so big to take a look at, and you wind up having some of these angles in really all sports. We wind up seeing it in college basketball, where you wind up having a team sort of play one of those wonky road swings, just using a Pac-12 example, one that I always wind up taking a look at year in and year out are these teams that they wind up playing in what we call the mountain road trip where you wind up going to Colorado and then you wind up going to Utah, two places in which they're sort of spread out. You wind up playing at a little bit more elevation. It's a little bit more difficult to get into those cities. And that is one that trips up darn near all those Pac-12 teams. I mean, the amount of teams that you can, you take a look at and were able to win both games of that road swing, 
not too many because there just is always one of those games in which it winds up tripping those teams up. Obviously, you've got body clock games in the NFL for those of you guys getting set for the upcoming season. That is always something that you want to take a look at. And there are some teams that they wind up doing very well in those body clock games, like the Seattle Seahawks for so many years with Russell Wilson at the helm. They were a team that they were actually able to do very well with those, but then you would have other teams that they would wind up coming out absolutely flat because, I mean, it's just human nature that you wind up having a long plane trip over, you wind up losing a couple hours of sleep. Now instead of playing at, say, noon, 1 o'clock, you're instead now having to play at 10 a.m. Pacific time. That winds up taking a little bit out of you. So I always think that the human element does wind up coming through in terms of a lot of travel, but we just wind up seeing it with Sunday Night Baseball. I don't know necessarily what it is. If it's just a team winds up having a big game the night before, and then it's a little bit of a letdown, if it's what I'm talking about, a little bit in terms of the travel itself. Certainly the time zone difference was not necessarily the case here for the Padres because it was an evening game out there in the lovely city of Detroit. They were already out there on the East Coast, so it's not like they were going from west to east or anything like that, but just one of those things that you're in and you're out. You wind up having these teams. They wind up playing on Sunday Night Baseball. The next day, they wind up forgetting how to play baseball. And then from what I've seen, the Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday after, things wind up reverting back to normal. You don't have any lingering effects from that Monday loss, but it's just that day after for these teams that wind up playing on Sunday Night Baseball, once again, trips up another victim as the Detroit Tigers. It's right around about a plus 140, plus 150-ish underdog, depending upon where you, when you wind up getting it. They wind up being able to get it done. Also noticing that, well, the demise of the LA Angels just continues to be a factor, and this is something that you really want to be taking a look at if you're going to be taking a look at the MVP market if you have not already, because Shoy Otani, no doubt he's been able to have a relatively solid season for the Angels, but I mean, it's going to be hard for voters to wind up voting for him if the Angels just continue on this trajectory. Northor Syndergaard gives up one run in five and a third innings, and yet still the Kansas City Royals, who are one of the worst teams in all of baseball, they wind up being able to get it done by a count of seven to zero as the Angels came out with absolutely nothing in terms of offense. They came out with absolutely nothing in the bullpen as well, and it's just absolutely wild to think of what we've been getting as well in terms of the LA Angels, because if you take a look at the season-long numbers versus the recent numbers, they tell two completely different stories, and that's why when it comes to Major League Baseball, when it comes to what you wind up utilizing in terms of your handicapping, whether that be recency, and by recency, I think that the last three weeks is how you were able to put it. Some people will narrow it down to the last two. Some people will call it the last month. Different sectors for different folks. Certainly, everyone winds up having their own little rhythm that they wind up finding for being able to handicap baseball, but there are some that they wind up taking into account the entirety of the season. There are others that you wind up taking a look at things with regards to more or less like the last 30 days. You're able to go the last 60 days, so you're able to have, I guess you call it, a little bit of a sample size in and of itself, but this is an Angels team that, getting back to my point, they were at 1.24 and 13 this season. You want to know what their record is ever since they went 24 and 13? They are 16 and 43. That is absolutely insane. They have went 16 and 43 in their last 59 games. Right now, it has pretty much been the best bet in all of baseball. 
fading the LA Angels. I mean, you find all these trends about a team wind up getting hot in terms of like overs at home, like we wound up seeing with the Cincinnati Reds on Monday. I mean, certainly the unders out there in Arizona, they've been relatively solid. You have your ups and your downs with teams. Obviously, the Dodgers being able to cover so many run lines this season instead of taking the money line with them, that has been relatively solid. I can't think of anything else that you've seen because with the Angels, I mean, especially at the early part of this just absolutely cataclysmic demise, that you were getting some really good prices on them. Now they're starting to become underdogs in a lot of these spots and relatively sizable underdogs. At that one, they wind up playing against a team like the LA Dodgers, but boy, it has been a tough fall off there, so... That was not a great Monday for them. Will it be a good Tuesday for them? We're going to be taking a look at their game and every game on the MLB betting board throughout the show tonight. And you know what? How about if we wind up leading off with the Angels to start our Tuesday MLB previews up next right here on The Look At with myself, Greg Peterson, pulling it down for Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help. Call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Welcome back. This segment of The Look At is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, which is the simpler way to enjoy that nicotine satisfaction and enjoy lasting change on your term. Zen Nicotine Pouches are a fresher, simpler way to enjoy nicotine that have helped millions of people achieve lasting change by offering a smoke-free and sip-free satisfaction. I don't know about you, but there been times in my life in which I knew that I needed to make a change, but I just wasn't quite ready yet. I'm sure that a lot of smokers and dippers can relate, and Zen understands that there's not one right time to make a change and that everyone has their own timeline. Everyone's on their own journey, so when you feel like you're ready to take the first step forward, to make some change, Zen is going to be right there for you with the right strength and the right flavor at the right time. And if you're thinking about making change and you want to learn a little bit more about Zen nicotine pouches, head on over to Zen.com. That is Z-Y-N.com. And warning, this is a product that contains nicotine. And nicotine, it is an addictive, addictive chemical. We're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson. And mentioned it in the last segment. We're going to be taking a look at the angels here in a second. But Got to pass along a little bit of an update in the fact that, well, not going the Dodgers' way on Monday. Currently, it is four to 4-1 with it being the last call for the Dodgers. I will let you know what winds up happening in this one. If 
you wind up having the Dodgers be able to come back because the Washington Nationals won the biggest underdogs. And we've seen this season at DraftKings. They closed at a plus 255. It's got as high as a plus 270 at Circa. So this would be a big money line underdog being able to come through. And really, a day of dogs in Major League Baseball on Monday. You saw the A's be able to come through. The Padres as north of a minus 160 favorite. They were unable to get the job done. You also wind up seeing the... Seattle Mariners be able to hold on that one wound up going just final just before this wound up going off. But with that said, Philadelphia Phillies, north of plus 150 underdog, they come through and now we might wind up getting the Washington Nationals as well. So I'll keep you guys up to date there. But I wonder if we wind up talking about the other LA team, the Angels. They are going to be on the road facing off against the Kansas City Royals for Tuesday as Anel Zerpa is going to be getting the start for the Royals and it's going to be Jose Suarez who's going to be going for the Angels and Angels are a slight underdog, anywhere between plus 105 to plus 108, and you're finding a total on this game of eight. It has been a big, giant fall-off for the Angels recently, and it almost feels like this is a carbon copy of what we wound up seeing last season, too, in terms of this Angels offense. A lot of people forget, after the All-Star break last season, the Angels scored the second-fewest runs per game of any team in the American League. And the reason why... Oh yeah, the Mike Trout guy was out of the fold, and then guys that were playing above their heads a little bit towards the beginning of the season went straight down the toilet bowl. You know what we wound up seeing after the first 40 games of the season? Guys for the LA Angels that were playing above their heads like Brandon Marsh and company have went straight down the toilet bowl. So it feels like we are sort of in a little bit of deja vu right now with this LA Angels team, although we could all bank on what we were going to see with this Angels pitching. I mean, it's just not good. You've got your 7th through ninth inning guys, Aaron Loop, Ryan Tapera, along with Rossi Iglesias, all posting up north of a 3-5 ERA. That's not terrific. The starting pitching has actually been a little bit better for this team. Like, the loss on Monday was not a north or a Syndergaard. He gives up one run over the course of five and two-thirds innings, and, and he had a good enough performance. He might wind up getting dealt at the trade deadline, and he might actually have a chance to be able to play some October baseball this season, so good for him on that, but... Take a look at this Royals team, and Anel Zerpa is probably best known for what he wound up doing a few weeks ago. You may recall that there was that game out there in Toronto where the Royals fielded pretty much a triple-A team, and they had to throw out there a starter that nobody had ever heard of in game one. That'd be Anel Zerpa, and he wound up being able to cash for a north of $3 ticket, but that said, with Mr. Zerpa, I do think that he's going to be able to have a relatively solid MLB career. That said, I don't think that he's going to be able to capture the same lightning in a bottle that he wound up having against the Blue Jays, although I will say as well, on the flip side for the Angels, it is a case which Jose Suarez has not been terrific for this bunch either. For Mr. Suarez, he's giving up over three walks per nine innings. And what I think is really big with Suarez is that if you take a look at his career numbers, he's actually been halfway decent as a bullpen arm. He's got an ERA that hovers right around about a 375 when he comes out of the bullpen. As a starter, that winds up hiking up to right around six. It's clear that his role is in the bullpen, but he's been thrusted into a starting role because the Angels are just so incompetent and they have no idea how to sign starters that here we go with Jose Suarez being a starter. If I were the Angels, I personally would probably be going with a little bit more Aime Baria personally, but that's just me. But you do take a look at this Royals team as well. They're currently dead last in the American League in terms of bullpen ERA. Josh Samon, ever since he's come off of injury, has not been himself. Amir Garrett, who wound up throwing an inning on Monday, he's posting up north of a 6 ERA. And you did wind up having quite a few bullpen pieces have to come in for the Royals, as Zach Greinke wound up blending just five innings. But 
I do think that that's going to be a little bit of an issue in this contest as well because you take a look at Zerpa at the AA and AAA level this season. He's been posting up right around 443 ERA, three walks per nine innings. Does an okay job of being able to get some swings and misses, but also allowing 10 hits per nine innings as well. And this is still an Angels lineup that they've got Jared Walsh, who's been able to give you 13 home runs, hitting right around at 240. Still have Shohei Otani. He's been able to do a nice job being able to put Pat to ball. He's been able to hit 20 home runs for this team. And by the way, the last six games that Joey Otani has hit a home run in, the Angels have lost. He, that ties a record for most home runs in a game with the team losing every single one of them. If he winds up hitting a home run and the LA Angels wind up losing that one, that would set it at seven, and that would be a new record. So it's absolutely amazing. Uh, lack of help and lack of support has been around it, but you do take a look at the Kansas City Royals and Speaking of lack of support, Bobby Wood Jr., the only guy that has more than 10 home runs that is currently not injured because Salvador Perez, he's injured as well. Well, now he's injured, and he wound up missing the game yesterday, too. So that is really putting the Royals in a little bit of fine. Good news is Andrew Benatendi is back for them. He's hitting a little bit above a 300. You've been able to get a little bit of something out of someone like 100 Osiers hitting a 265. We've seen Nicky Lopez be able to pick it up a little bit, but neither of these teams are necessarily too trustworthy with their pitching. Both of these teams have been having a rough time being able to generate offense, but I actually do think that this is a halfway decent spot for the LA Angels. I, we did wind up seeing it with the Cincinnati Reds to a little bit of a lesser extent as well. As we know, the Reds, they start out 3-22 and to begin the season, and ever since that 3-22 and run, they're still a below 500 team, but they haven't been as terrible recently, and I do think that we could wind up seeing that with the Angels. This is still an Angels team that was able to find a way to be at 10 games over or 11 games over 500, and they clearly aren't as good as that team. I don't think that they're going to be continuing to win about 33% of their games moving forward as well. So I do think that there's going to be a little bit of positive progression. Jose Suarez comes out with a little bit of something to prove, and I laid it out with both of these starters, and now they're not trustworthy. Neither of these bullpens are trustworthy. Both are in the bottom half of the big leagues in terms of bullpen ERA with the Royals at last. With that regard, so I'm going to be taking a look at an over. I was a little bit surprised to see this number wind up hitting the board at just an 8. It wound up, it looks like opening up actually an 8.5. Most places that have this up though, they wind up listing it at 8. So a little bit surprised there, even without Mike Trout in the fold along with Bobby Witt Jr. But I'm going to be taking a look at an over in this spot. And felt like the Angels should have been a little bit of a slight favorite. So I'm going to be taking a look there as well. And then I'll give you some initial thoughts here. Probably we'll need to polish this up a little bit later on. But in terms of what we're going to be seeing tomorrow in Nationals versus the Dodgers, says, unless if the Dodgers can come up with three runs and they're down to their final out with a man on first, they're going to wind up falling in this game. But looking forward to Tuesday, you're going to have Josiah Gray going for the Washington Nationals and Mitch White going for the LA Dodgers. This is 909-910 on the board. And the Dodgers are finding themselves a little bit less of a favorite in this spot rather than they did on Monday Monday, they wound up getting up to $3 in a lot of spots. Right now, you're finding them anywhere between about a minus 240 to a minus 260 on the board. And with the Washington Nationals, going to be getting them anywhere between about a plus 205 to a plus 220, with 8.5 to 9 being your total. Really, the lone 9 I'm seeing is at DraftKings. But I'm really either going to be looking at a Nationals money line or I'd be looking at the Dodgers run line. And the reason why is because the Dodgers have won 63 games this year. All but seven of them have been by two-plus runs. If you have been taking the Dodgers on the money line this year, you're up a few dollars, but you're really not up too much because you wind up suffering some of these losses like we're most likely going to be seeing on Monday where they're north of $2. In this case, 
up to $3 in some spots, and you wind up taking the LN while you still wind up losing money on the run line. Like in this instance, rather than laying minus $3 on the money line, if you took the run line, a lot of places it was more around minus 155, not minus 160. Still not a terrific loss, but at the same time, instead of losing $300 to try to make 100, you lost 155 slash 160 to try to make 100. And I mean, that winds up cutting that loss in half. And thus, as a result, you've actually made a lot of money if you've been taking the Dodgers on the run line because not only are you getting a little bit less juice when you wind up losing, you wind up having to pay in a little bit less. But on top of that, when you do wind up hitting these games that are a little bit more tight in terms of the money line on the run line, you can oftentimes get some plus prices. And I do think that that is something very important to take a look at. So that's one of those cases in which we're going to be seeing how this winds up shaking out throughout the show. I was personally looking at a Dodgers run line a little bit more, but should be interesting to see how it shakes out as it is official that the Nationals, they wind up getting the job done as a big underdog, 4-1 to over the LA Dodgers. That game has one final, but something that is just getting started, our look for the upcoming NFL season and a man that is prepared for the season. That'd be Randy McKay. Does a great job being able to take a look at the game of football and he's going to be joining me next right here on The Look At on VEASAN, the Sports Bank Network. This is The Look Ahead on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. It's starting to be betting guide season. The NFL, the VSIN football betting guides are coming soon, and there's no better way to prepare for both the college and the pro football seasons. Our experts have provided profiles on every single team with advanced stats and power rankings, plus best bets on season wins, division finishes, and player awards. Reserve your copy of both football betting guides and get access to everything that we offer for the entire football season with a VSIN all access subscription. Make this football season your best ever. Subscribe now at vcin.com slash subscribe as it is a look at with myself, Greg Peterson, and great to be joined by Randy McKay, a guy that does a great job taking a look at just a wide variety of betting markets. I know that he joined me quite a bit on this show, taking a look at the NHL. Now he's doing a great job getting prepared for the NFL, and Randy, great to have you aboard. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Greg, and uh, hopefully you guys are... uh... I uh, heard you a little bit rained in there in Vegas, a little wacky weather, but hopefully everybody's all right. Trust me. With it being 110 degrees the last few weeks out here in Las Vegas, a little bit of rain, it is very, very welcome at this point, and being able to drop the temperature below triple digits, trust me, there are not too many people that are complaining about that, and something that we can both agree on as well is that I know that in your picture that we wind up showing up here at VEASAN, it shows you in some Vikings gear. I can't necessarily get behind the Vikings as much as you, as I am someone from the great state of Wisconsin, but we can both agree on something in a little bit of a, shall we say, concern about the Chicago Bears for this upcoming season. In a lot of places, their win total has been juiced way down in terms of the under on six and a half. And I know that there have been many, many folks that have been taking action on their under. I know that a lot of sports books are saying one of their biggest liabilities right now is the Bears to the under on their season win total. And I think rightfully so. I'm someone that I just can't see six and a half wins for the Chicago Bears this season. Not sure about you, but I think it's going to be a long year for them. Yeah, and as far as the Viking Packer thing goes, it's always a friendly rivalry. We yes. only get a little bad at each other during the game. But, uh, <laughs> but other than that, it's pretty friendly. I've been to a lot of 
factor Viking parties and uh, they're always good time. But uh, as far as the bears go, there's uh, really nothing to like about this team. I mean, they just, uh, they changed a uh, coach. They changed general managers. They got, uh, they got a new coach coming in. I think he might be all right coach, but uh, he just doesn't have nothing to work with. And uh, their offensive line took another hit here. Uh, looks like their free agent that came from Minnesota, uh, Dakota Dozier is down. And it already looked like it was going to be one of the poorest offensive lines to start with. So that's not a good start for them. And then they got second year quarterback fields behind there. That's got really uh, a pedestrian bunch of guys to throw to, you know, no Allen Robinson, he goes over to the Rams. So you got that going for him. And then you go to the defensive side of the ball. And when you lose Khalil Mack, you lose Akeem Hicks in the front line. You really got nothing, to, nothing to work with there. I mean, it's all everything's brand new. I mean, if you broke down this team from, uh, you know, from uh, defensive line to linebacker to cornerback and and vice versa on the offensive side of the ball, I mean, they would they they'd have they'd have a hard time finding anywhere with an average unit on this team. So, uh, getting over anything six is going to be very hard for this team, and I see them right at the right at that five win mark for sure yeah i think that it's going to be a very bleak outlook for the chicago bears this season no question there i am in total agreement with you there i think that it really goes packers number one in this division minnesota vikings number two and i see both of those teams being able to make the postseason and then the bears i would probably put them behind the detroit lions but i don't know if i can necessarily get behind a detroit lions win total over either as right now we're seeing them in a lot of markets right around that six half range as well because with the Lions they fought very hard I do think that this is a team that once again they're going to be able to do a solid job in terms of effort they wound up having quite a few injuries along that defense last year so Jeff Akuda coming back I do think that that's going to be able to help them out a little bit but I just don't know how much I could see the Lions taking a stride forward and I think that they could be a team that much like last year they wind up being able to cover a lot of spreads where they're catching north of a touchdown but be a team that once again is probably going to be a lot of close but no cigar games for them yeah and when you when you bet an under and a regular season wins and i got it you know you try to get ahead of these numbers and that's what i've been doing with the with the few i got here and also when you when you get on a good under in the division you might want to look at an over on another place in the division and i haven't pulled the trigger on that and i might still pull it on late and you can and you can wait for preseason to kind of see how you want to gauge that and you know, especially with the Vikings with a new regime, you want to see uh, how they're looking and how the uh, how the new regime and how the team looks in the two preseason games, and then go from there. If, if you're going to bet an over, I don't bet many regular season overs just because the uh, usually the uh, lines are better on the unders, and uh, you know if you lose the quarterback or something drastic. Uh, that favors the over as well, so I usually wait if I'm going to bet an over on the regular season for sure. Yep, and we always see it in terms of baseball season win totals as well. If you wind up adding up the total amount of wins, there is more wins if you wind up just taking a look at it than there are actual games that are played and things like that. Typically, you wind up having like more wins and losses, so if you wind up just blindly betting the under, you just wind up having a little bit of a better shot there as well so we wind up seeing that just across all sports because these lines typically they know that the public is going to be coming in on an over a little bit more than an under but an over that I am going to be taking a look at because 
Murphy's Law just wound up hitting this team last season. There were all sorts of injuries. There was just big, giant. There was just a lot of games that they just didn't wind up going their way either. That would be the Baltimore Ravens. With the Ravens, right now we're seeing their win total in a lot of books at a 9.5. I think that they're the best team out there in the AFC North. I love what these Cincinnati Bengals were able to do last season. I think that they're going to be rock solid. With the Cleveland Browns, we don't know what's going to happen with them until we wind up hearing what is officially going to happen with the Deshaun Watson situation because at this point, if you know what's going to be happening, you are pretty much the only person that knows what's going to be happening with this Deshaun Watson ordeal. And then you got the Pittsburgh Steelers that they're going to be well coached, but at the same time, just not a lot of talent on that roster in my opinion. But what's your overall outlook on the Baltimore Ravens? Because I think that you're in sort of the same school of thought as of myself that we're going to see a little bit of bounce back from them. Yeah, I haven't played a regular season win with them yet, but I did play a couple Super Bowl. I had a couple uh, when I was in Colorado, and I'm going back there in August. Uh, I had a couple boosted uh, bets, and uh, these are the kind of bets you want to use for any advice you want on a boosted bet. You want to use them on these futures or something that uh, you'll get some nice bang for your buck. So I used it on the uh, future there at 26-1 to to win it all. And, uh, you know, the AFC is tough. I think they're the best. Well, I agree with you definitely. They're the best team in that division when healthy. Of course, last year they weren't, but they still covered a lot of games. Even though Jackson was out of a lot of those games, even the backup guy, he's he's a good quarterback as well. And you just got to believe in the organization here. I mean, uh, John Harbaugh, one of the best coaches. I got him always ranked usually number two right behind Belichick. Uh you know, this team's going to rebound. They get back a couple of their offensive linemen that were hurt last year. And they, and their defensive backs are really banged up last year, and they get back a lot of those. And hopefully they get uh, everything worked out here with, uh, of course, with Lamar Jackson. And I think they're off to a good start with that, and uh, that will definitely help them. And uh, I definitely like the chance for the Ravens here to, uh, to win the AFC North for sure. Yep, we've talked about both of the Northern Divisions, and I need to get your thoughts on this one as well because we've seen a lot of various folks have differing opinions in terms of the NFC East. It seems to be always one of those hot-button divisions, not necessarily sometimes for the best of reasons, as we've heard it referred to as the NFC least in recent seasons, but where do you stand in terms of the Dallas Cowboys and the Eagles and who you think is going to wind up winning this division because the Dallas Cowboys have a little bit of a higher season win total, anywhere between 10 to 10 and a half Philadelphia Eagles right around nine. But I know that a lot of people starting to file in on the sort of Philadelphia Eagles bandwagon right now. Yeah. And I was getting ahead of ahead of a number there as well. I got the uh, over nine on the, uh, on the Eagles. I like the uh, acquisition, of course. They got the wide receiver from Tennessee Brown, and they uh, did a lot of good moves. I like that they're basically a running team, and Hertz isn't, isn't a great quarterback as far as throwing the ball. He's another one of these more running-type quarterbacks. That, uh, you know, he limits turnovers, which, uh, you know, turn, we got to talk about this. You know, you don't want to turn the ball over. You turn the ball over, you lose games, and uh, they're, they're a team that uh, is very high with the betting public, especially last year. You saw drastic moves in some of their games, and the uh, analytics, analytics crowd really likes them, and 
And there's a betting group that really likes him for some reason, too. And I was getting ahead of a number, and I'd like him, you know, definitely to go over. I don't bet many overs, you know, like I said earlier. And I got ahead of a number there. But but with a, with an over, you got to like an under. And I like the under uh, under 10 and a half with the Cowboys on the other side. Uh, I don't I, like a lot of things they did in the offseason. I like that as well. And thank you so much, Randy, for joining us. And coming up next, we're going to be tying a little bit of bow on this NFL discussion. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Baseball predictions made brighter. Join the Barn in a Ballpark Challenge presented by Blue Moon to be for free for cash. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All season long, enter into weekly prediction pools Fight for your share of $62,500. Total crash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Blue Moon now to jump in on the action. Blue Moon, made brighter, 21 years or older. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And as always, please do drink responsibly. As we're back here on the lookout with myself, Greg Peterson, and a big thanks to Randy McKay. Does a great job being able to take a look at the game of football, and he joined me in the last segment. And to piggyback off of what we were talking a little bit with Randy, since we wound up getting cut short just a little bit, those breaks, they wind up sneaking up on you. But with that said, we were taking a look at the Baltimore Ravens, and he and I are in lockstep that it should be a relatively solid year for them. And I just felt like, really, last season, if you take a look at the Baltimore Ravens, the fact that they wound up going 8-9 and with everything that they wound up having happened to them was actually a little bit of a triumph for them because they were without Lamar Jackson for so many games last season. They wound up having to deal with pretty much that entire running back core being all sorts of banged up with J.K. Dobbins and company being out for much of slash all the year in terms of some of the running backs on that roster. And I do think that with the Baltimore Ravens, it is a little bit of an intriguing case. And right now, what is really getting a lot of attention, and I'm actually sort of glad that this is sort of a for lack of a better term, distraction. Right now, it is the Lamar Jackson contract ordeal, and we are seeing it with a lot of, shall we say, noise right now in terms of the NFL because training camp is just starting to open up for a lot of teams. You've got not necessarily a lot that has been happening. The NFL preseason, for a lot of teams, it's going to begin going right around that second week of August. You get the Hall of Fame game, and as we know, The Hall of Fame game, it's pretty much a whose line is it anyway contest where everything's made up and the points don't matter because you got your third and fourth stringers. Well, the points do matter if you wind up betting on it, but that's 
little bit of a stay away typically unless we wind up taking an under because a lot of the, those games, it's just pretty much a punt fest. But that said, with the Baltimore Ravens, I do think that getting a little bit too much attention right now is the whole ordeal that we're seeing with Lamar Jackson. And we did wind up seeing the contract of Kyler Murray get squared away a little bit under a week or so ago with Murray getting $230 million and a stipulation in there that you must watch game film, which I find to be somewhat hilarious that you need to tell someone that's getting paid $230 million that you have to actually do your job for a few hours. That's a discussion for another day. But I mean, these are the sorts of things that we're right now seeing right now that are sort of just shall we say, noise. And it's right now noise season, in my opinion, in terms of the NFL, because there's really not a lot that has happened really since the NFL draft that can wind up pushing you on a team slash off a team. Now, we've obviously got the Deshaun Watson ordeal, but I mean, it's pretty much in the same ordeal that we've been in for the last few months ever since the trade wound up going down. We've seen a little bit of news wind up happening on it, but I mean, we really don't know what wound up happening with these hearings. So there's really not a lot of new information right now. It's just a regurgitation of what we've already seen. And right now, if you take a look at a lot of these teams, you ask a lot of these coaches where things are at, and they're going to be being like, oh, Sparky McSparkerson on the offensive line is in the best shape of his life. Oh, insert quarterback here. He looks better than ever before. He's been doing absolutely nothing other than watching game film taking nightly walks with his dog pickles and things like this. And it's like, oh, good. Well, that's just absolutely great. But I mean, there's really no takeaways that you've got right now. So I think the biggest thing for just being able to prepare for the NFL season, and I wind up doing this a lot in terms of the college basketball season, and it's part of why I do like the Baltimore Ravens for this upcoming season, is trying to take a look at players that I always call it out of sight, out of mind. When it comes to like college basketball, it might be a guy that wanted transferring, wanted him sitting out for a year. So you forgot that a guy wanted transferring over there because, well, he didn't wind up playing last season. In terms of the NFL, more or less it comes down to injury, like I was talking about a little bit earlier with Dobbins missing the entirety of the 2021 season. I think that that's very big. I mean, the most constant runner out there for the Ravens was one of two guys, Lamar Jackson and Devontae Freeman. They tied for the most amount of carries for the Baltimore Ravens last season. That's certainly not going to be the case this season. You're going to see very much a more revamped team. The defense even won taking a few injuries, and yet it was still relatively solid. You're going to have a little bit of a shortage in terms of a weapon for this team because you did wind up seeing Hollywood Brown wind up getting traded. But still, you've got one of the most highly paid tight ends out there in the NFL in Mark Andrews, who I think is going to be able to go off have himself a very nice season. This is still a defense that you've got so many first-round picks on it. Patrick Queen back in that linebacking core. Marcus Peters, who wound up dealing with a little bit of injury. He's going to be back. You've still got Marlon Humphrey out there. So I do think that it's a Ravens team that they're going to be in for a relatively solid season. And then on top of that as well, you wind up seeing a few guys that they wound up getting rushed back out there towards the back of towards the back half of last season as well. That they just weren't necessarily what you wound up seeing last season. And by this, I mean the L.A. Rams, the, their main running back in Cam Akers. What I think is so interesting in taking a look at the Rams this season is that obviously you're not going to have Odell Beckham who wound up having a relatively solid Super Bowl until he wound up going down due to injury. If he does wind up signing with the Rams because we just don't have any earthly idea what's going to be happening with him at this point, you know that he's not going to be ready to go day number one for them. But 
What you do know about the Rams is that you're going to be able to get back a healthy Cam Akers. And what you wind up seeing out of Cam Akers in the postseason, I am fully convinced is not really, for lack of a better term, the real Cam Akers. Because he was expected to miss the entirety of the season last year. His rehab went a little bit better than expected. But just taking a look at him out there on the field, it wasn't the guy that we had seen a little bit earlier when he was obviously playing at Florida State. And then on top of that, what he had we had seen during his rookie season, now being able to get him out there, having him now being able to get several months to be able to get healed up, him being a little bit closer to 100%, I think that that's going to be big. And ter- taking a look at an L.A. Rams team that they're once again in a locked-and-loaded division, the Arizona Cardinals. They wound up re-signing Kyler Murray, I mentioned a little bit earlier. On top of that, you got a Seattle Seahawks team that we're going to call what it is, They're not going to be the worst team in the NFL. That moniker, in my opinion, is going to belong to the Atlanta Falcons because the Falcons, they wound up getting markably worse from a team that was terrible last season and a team that you really can't trust in at this point. If you think that Marcus Mariota is going to be able to go out there and have a nice season, you've got much more faith in Marcus Mariota than I do. And, I mean, if you think that Desmond Ritter is the answer, you think much more highly of Desmond Ritter than I do because I look at him at Cincinnati and I thought that he was... I saw a game manager, but it's hard to manage a game when you've got absolutely no weapons around you. You've got a bad offensive line. You've got a bad running game. You don't have any wide receivers because your main wide receiver was out putting out parlays during the time in which he was injured slash dealing with mental health issues last season, and you've got no defense whatsoever. It's not going to go great for the Atlanta Falcons. That's just my opinion on that one. But getting back to the NFC West, I do think that it's going to be a division that, once again, is going to be relatively locked and loaded. But what I think it's going to be interesting with regards to this division, obviously, for one, what winds up happening with Jimmy G, because it sounds like he's as good as gone. And if that's the case, I'm out on the San Francisco 49ers. I feel like they just need someone that is able to do just enough for them to be able to push them over the top. And I don't know if Trey Lance, a guy that wound up playing his last year at North Dakota State, in which he got one game of experience during that 2020 season at North Dakota State. And it was against Central Arkansas. He didn't even necessarily play well in that game. Seeing him trying to wind up trying to push a team into the postseason, that's going to be a little bit of an issue. But, I mean, you've got a few unknowns with his Arizona Cardinals team because, speaking of out of sight, out of mind, J.J. Watt, in the seven games that he wound up playing last season, you wanted to take a look at the defensive analytics of the Arizona Cardinals when he was out there on the field. He had just one sack, but he was clearly a little bit of a disruptor because the Arizona Cardinals, when he was out there on the field, they were a top eight defense in terms of a lot of these defensive analytics and metrics. Meanwhile, they wound up falling to the bottom half of the NFL outside the top 16 while he was off the field. So I do think that that is something that you do want to be taking a look at in terms of this team. And then on top of that, there's the big old mystery of what are we going to be able to get out of DeAndre Hopkins this season? Is he going to be able to be ready for week number one? That is obviously a no because he's going to be serving a six-game suspension if it winds up getting pushed back, something like that. That's a little bit interesting. But what's going to happen when he winds up being able to take the field once again? Because as we know, his season wound up getting cut short due to injury as well. Is he actually going to be ready to go? Because he wanted to take it away those reps from him, trying to be able to get back out there on the field. That, I think, is going to be hurting the team a little bit, obviously. You still have some relatively solid weapons for the Arizona Cardinals, but the Hopkins question, 
whether or not he's going to be firing all cylinders when he is able to get back out there on the field. That's something to take a look at as well. So you've got a lot of question marks. You've got a lot of noise that's happening right now in the NFL. Just take a look at the questions that you're able to get a little bit more intel on rather than trying to take a look at things like a guy being in the best shape of his life. And coming up next, we're going to try to have your bankroll in the best shape of its life. I'm going to be giving out my DK Nation pick for the Diamond for Tuesday. So that is going to be coming up in our number two of the look at right here on VSIN, the Sports Bank Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. 